הרי אני מקשר עצמי לכל הצדיקים האמיתיים שדרנו לכל הצדיקים האמיתיים שוכני הפרק הקדוש שמשבר את צמא ובפרט לרבנו הקדוש צדיק יסוד עולם נחן עובר מכל חוכמה רבנו נחן ונפגם את שמחה נא נח נחמן נחמן מאומן זכותו תגן עלינו ועל כל ישראל אמן Today we're going to do a סימן נציחות הרן lesson 87 which discusses the significance and the the sod of the אתחוג the secret behind the the אתחוג the the certain fruit that we hold uh, during Pesach that we do many mitzvot with one of the significant uh, minim um, species of Pesach discuss a lot about it um, and other different concepts that are connected with it very deep we're going to get very Kabbalistic here so stick on and uh, what do you call it try to pay attention as best as possible it's going to go deep whoever understands understands whoever doesn't doesn't but Bezrat Hashem May Hashem Yitbar give us the ability to, um, to, um, to delve deeper into this subject and to try to understand to the best of our ability to take out from this the practical point, which is, the, of course, the main, um, the main thing. Rabbeinu says, uh, and Rabbi Natan writes in the introduction to Likut uh, Moran that the main thing of Rabbeinu's teachings was not uh, the deep, how deep it goes, because, of course, Rabbeinu's Torah can go infinitely deep. But the main thing is the practical teaching that one can take out from it. The simple advice. This is the main thing. Because everything goes back to the initial thing, which is the simplicity behind it, the actual practice. The study is not the most important thing. The action is. So let's hop into this and see what we can get from it. It's going to go very deep and I'll try to explain it to the best of my ability. May Hashem grant me the ability to explain it in the proper fashion. According to the emeth of the writings of the Ari we're going to see. And um, the Zohar. Rabbeinu says that according to how one spends the, the holy, um, what do you call the high holidays, we know Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, of course, those are high holidays. According to how one spends those high holidays, um, will determine how beautiful one's etrog is. The etrog that one gets on Sukkot will be determined by how he spent his high holidays. And Rabbeinu is going to go more into depth about this and what this really means. Because people say, and this is something brought down, that uh, meaning essentially that people have the custom to say, they, they have the, it's a common saying, it was a saying back then that they used to say this. Rabbeinu is going to explain the significance behind this. Every fool has a beautiful wife. Nar doesn't necessarily literally translate to a fool, but it translates to someone who has a constricted mentality, someone whose mind isn't completely developed in a sense of, um, he doesn't have mochin de gadut, he doesn't have a constri- uh, an expanded consciousness, his mind is in constriction, he still is developing this maturity of, of intelligence. And um, one who's in this aspect of Nar, which is, literally means like a young boy, but essentially means that his mind isn't fully developed, like a fool in a sense. He has a beautiful wife. And the etrog symbolizes this woman, this wife. Look in the Tikkun Ezoar, Tikkun 13, page 29a. It's mentioned over there. As it says over there, that the etrog, it brings down from Shira Shirim, represents what is written over there. Kulach Yafarayati. You are entirely beautiful, my beloved. Um, and you have no blemish. 
So this beloved represents the etrog, and this etrog has no blemish. And during the high holidays, the Yisrael are compared to a na'ach, a child, whose wisdom isn't completely developed, as we talked about above. Because during the time of the high holidays, the Jewish people are considered like what we say over here, about Moshe Rabbeinu, Behold, a child was crying. When Moshe was put into the, um, into the Nile River by Miriam, before Batya um, came and discovered Moshe, she heard a child was crying. That's how she found out. That's how she found Moshe. Behold, a child was crying. Miyad and immediately she had mercy on him. <clears throat> so we see here that what the Bnei Yisrael during the high holidays are considered like a child who's crying, and then because of that child crying, that we 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 bring down this mercy. Kamoshe Katuba Tikunim is brought down in Tikun Ezoah. Is brought down over there. Tikun um, twelve, page twenty-seven a. So. The etrog compares to the woman who has no blemish, the beautiful beloved who has no blemish, and the Jewish people are compared to this nar, almost this young child whose mind isn't completely developed. Um, the Jewish people are compared to this child during the high holidays. And therefore, therefore it's fitting for the Jewish people to have a beautiful etrog because the etrog represents the wife. And the, of course, uh, every fool has a beautiful wife, as we talked about above. That this is this was a common saying. So Rabbeinu is connecting the idea here, and we're going to see more about this. And therefore, one who cries more during the high holidays, and one who enters more into the status of this young child crying, he's fitting to have an even more beautiful etrog. There's a beautiful thing, a beautiful story about Rabbi Israel Dovodeser Saba, who. Um, of course, be bala petek. I want to receive the petek from Rabenu. That um, <laughs> it's incredible. That um, they, he always used to walk into the shop right before Sukkot to pick out his etrog. And every all the big admorim, all the big tzaddikim used to come and pick the biggest etrog and pay the most money. But Rabbi Sana had a very different way. He used to come in to the shop, tell the shopkeeper that he wants the cheapest basket, the cheapest the boxes. And uh, Rabbi Sana used to go to the back, pick the cheapest box. Go to pick one of the boxes, open it up, and it always used to be the most beautiful etrog. Because Rabbi Israel said that this is the idea here: that one who fit, the one who's, who uh, who enters the yamim noraim with great crying, and and who cries on uh, the yamim noraim, uh, the high holidays, and who really enters this idea of nar merits a beautiful etrog. It doesn't mean the price. It's not about it's not about that. It's the one who really puts his effort doing the yamim noraim. So of course we can. Of course, it's a very big mitzvah to pray. For, to, to pay for the mitzvah of the etrog. It's a very big thing. To, uh, it's a very big uh, merit to, pr- to, uh, to pay as much money as you can for the, for the most beautiful etrog that you can find. But of course, this etrog is all determined by your crying and your uh, sincerity on the high holidays. And of course, Rabbi Yisrael was confident in that. And uh, that's why he always merited a beautiful etrog and always picked it at random. Because for the reason why the world says that every fool has a beautiful wife, this is the following reason. Rabbeinu is going to explain. The main intelligence, the main aspect of intelligence, intelligence mainly lies in the brain. And of course, the brain is nourished by the marrow of the bones. And we know the marrow of the bones is sustained by the fats and the fluids of the body. 
So of course the mind, the brain, receives its uh, sustenance from the marrow of the bones, and the marrow of the bones in turn receives its sustenance from the fluids of the body, the fats of the body. As it says in the verse in Eyov, the marrow, the marrow of his bone of his bones is Yeshuke, is water or is, or is moistened. Um, essentially that it's uh, nourished. Because these fats and these fluids of the body nourish the uh, bone marrow. And this is the main way that one's intelligence is sustained. As we said that that bone marrow then sustains the brain. Because Rabbeinu explains in several lessons in the Likutei Moran. Lesson 60, section 3 of uh, volume 1. And then volume 2 of Likutei Moran you have Lesson 5, Section 7. And um, there's other lessons which Rabbeinu discusses this idea. How the body and the fluids of the body uh, sustain um, everything. So the fluids of the body, uh, one step after the next, then uh, are able to sustain the intelligence of the mind. The Arkin, and therefore, Therefore, one who's a, a fool or a young boy, and his intelligence isn't, properly completed it isn't uh, perfected it isn't uh, developed and his true intelligence lies in his bones of course because the marrow of the bones hasn't yet reached the mind yet this is why his mind isn't fully developed because his mind isn't drawing yet the nourishment from the bone marrow and because of this his intelligence isn't perfected it isn't complete. Therefore, we see that this man's intelligence lies in his bones. Therefore, we know that a person's soulmate, which is drawn from his bones, as it says, it says in the verse, that Hashem took one of Adam's ribs and created Chava from one of his ribs. This is why that a man has to go searching for his wife because he's missing a piece of himself, one of his ribs. But Rabban was saying that the rib represents these bones, that this marrow. And the woman is drawn from this marrow. Which means what? That if your mind isn't fully developed, that means most of the intelligence still lies in the bone marrow because the bone marrow hasn't yet nourished the mind. So most of the intelligence, the, the mentalities remain in the bones. And of course the woman who's, um, who's drawn from the bones will have an extra amount of beauty because of that, simply because um, this fool hasn't uh, put all the intelligence in his mind yet. So because of that... Um, because of that, um, a lot of that um, bone marrow or that intelligence which is remaining in the bones, this then gets transferred to his wife, of course. So uh, a woman who's drawn from the bones, the rib of a man and its source, because you know Chava was drawn from the rib of Adam, um, she's taking the marrow of that man. And of course the marrow of, uh, of a fool, um, or what do you call it? The intelligence of a fool is a lot less than the intelligence of a person who has, uh, what do you call it? who has a developed mind. So therefore, this fool has um, all the illumination within his bones, and if the woman is being drawn from his bones, then she, then she gets an extra, an extra illumination. Therefore, the fool essentially has a beautiful wife. So we see that this woman is drawn, this multitude of intelligence or these mentalities, this, this illumination of mentalities are drawn to this woman um, why? Because all that mentality is left in the fool's bones. And therefore, because she's taken from this man's bones, um, she receives all that extra light, uh, the extra wisdom. Therefore, 
um, the fool's wife, fool's soulmate, is beautiful. Because the main essence of beauty is drawn from the wisdom, the mind. As it says in the verse, that the wisdom of man lights up his face. That a beautiful face is from the wisdom of a person. Therefore, the wisdom which remains in its, this fool's bones is given to this wife because she's drawn from those bones as well. Therefore, she's beautiful because all that, uh, what do you call it? The, that multitude of intelligence is given to her. Because she's just a bone of his bones. She's a piece of him. Because, and this fool, his intellect is not complete. And his, the main aspect of his intelligence is still remaining in his bones. And therefore, if she's taken from his bones, she's taking a lot of that uh, intellect. And we know intellect is beauty, as we said. And holiness. Now Rabbeinu is explaining the same um, comparison, but in Ktusha. What is really happening with regard to the Etrog here. And how this is the same pattern. That with regard to holiness, this is the same idea that we say, that we are drawing the roots of holy knowledge to the Etrog. This is the main aspect of the Etrog. Why we shake the Lulav, the Etrog, the Hadassim, and the Aravot on Sukkot, why we shake the four species, is to draw the roots of Da'at, the roots of knowledge, into the Etrog, which we explain is uh, the wife. And look in the deep meditations of the secrets of the Etrog and Lulav as brought down in the writings of the Ariza. Uh, delve deeply over there to understand this. And Rabbi Nathan explains a little bit. Ulva'ilksat, and to explain just a, a little bit of this. The main intention of the shaking of the Lulavan and the Etrog, of course, is to draw to the Etrog, which represents kingship, because we know the Etrog represents the woman. We said, the beautiful beloved, which has no blemish. So the Etrog represents Mahud kingship, which is the female principle. And if the Yetrog represents the woman, in the parable above, we said that the woman is given this multitude of light. So, Rabbeinu explains. Rabbi Nathan goes on to explain with the words of Rabbeinu that the main intention of shaking the lulav or the main idea of the Yetrog is to draw to the Yetrog, which represents the female principle, the mentalities of the body. Because of course the body has fluids which in turn nourish the bones and the bones nourish the mind. But the mentalities of the body need to be drawn to the Yetrog. What is the body? The body represents the, uh, the six firot. Of course, the body is shaped like the ten, the ten attributes of Hashem. There is the keter, the crown. That is the highest of the divine attributes. Then there is the three attributes rep which represent um, the mentalities. Chokhmah bin that's in the head. And then um, we have the emotional aspect, which is the body. We have the right arm, which represents chesed. The left arm, which represents gvura, strength. Um, the bot with the torso, which represents tif eret, splendor. Then we have the right leg, which represents netzach. The hod, the, sp uh, the um, hod is, I don't know, the, the um, <clears throat> tif eret is almost like um, uh, glory. Uh, hod is almost like splendor. And um, the hod, which represents the left leg, and the yesod, the foundation, which represents the brit kodesh. That part of the body, the mentalities of the body, need to be drawn to the etrog. The etrog is the final piece. It's the malchut. It's the tenth sphira. So those six transfer to the seventh. 
Shishaktavot, these benevolences, these mercies, which um, which um, exist within the six directions, which we, we just explained. Chesed, So the right arm, left arm, torso, right leg, left leg, and the the um, the sexual organ. These things, these lights, need to be transferred to the Marchut, the female principle. But it's impossible to give this illumination to the Etrog, to transfer this light to the Etrog, except by means of, um, of that illumination first getting its uh, light from the roots of, uh, of Mokhin, of the mentalities. First, those six directions which have a certain light need to receive from something above it. Which is what? The root of those mercies within Da'at. Within, you have to go back to the, to the mentalities. So yes, those six directions represent the emotional aspect. Um, need to illuminate the Malchut. But they cannot illuminate the Malchut unless they receive its illumination first from the roots of Da'at. From its roots within, um, within uh, Da'at, within knowledge. Essentially, you need to go to the head first before you, um, you give to the Malchut. And this is the shaking. This is the secret of the shaking of the four uh, species that we do on Sukkot. Ayan Sham, look over there. Bishar Kavanot and Shar Kavanot in Yan Sukkah. To go to the subject of Sukkah, uh, chapter 5 over there, section 5. Um, there's lots of depth to this, obviously. I'm not going very deep into it, of course, because uh, who am, I'm not at the level to understand the great depth behind what the Agiza is mentioning. But um, in its simple level, Rabbanu is here comparing the. Um, the secrets of the Etrog to the uh, parable that we mentioned above of a fool and a beautiful wife and how it works with the fluids of the body being um, transferring its nourishment to the bones and then the bones transferring that nourishment, the marrow of the bone transferring the nourishment to the mind and how this works with the same way with the Etrog. Nilsa we find that the main illumination of the Etrog which represents kingship, which represents the female principle, how does it happen? The only way it's possible is by increasing the illumination of the mentalities within these six directions. And the only way those illuminations are brought into the six directions is by way of the illumination of the mentalities of the head. You need to go to the source, which is the, the root of that. Meaning those chasadim, those benevolences within these within this uh, divine face called the Eranpin, which represents uh, uh, these six firot from Chesed to Yesod, the only way to um, receive that illumination so that it can then draw down, the only way that it can illuminate the Malchut is essentially by going back to the head, which is the source of those benevolences which is rooted in that, in knowledge, in the mind. And this is the same um, aspect of what we mentioned above. Over there, the only difference, the only thing is that what? That over there, he's a literal fool. His intelligence remains in his bones. And it did not ascend up to the mind yet. That what? What's the difference here in holiness with regard to the Etrog and Sukkot? That over there with regard to the fool, the reason why he merits a beautiful wife 
is specifically because his intelligence remains in the bones. And because she's drawn from the bones, that's her source, that she's taking all the illumination from the bones. And because the man hasn't used, hasn't drawn that illumination to the mind yet, all his intelligence remains in the bones. And therefore that intelligence is drawn to the woman. That intelligence therefore manifests itself as beauty, physical beauty. Or spiritual beauty, whatever that, that means over there. Rabbanu says that a beautiful wife, uh, a pleasant wife. But over here in holiness, with regard to the etrog, the illumination of the etrog is by drawing down this intention, uh, by drawing down through this kavana, through this intention, through this meditation. Um, what are you drawing down? You're drawing down the, the lights of these mentalities that exist within the mind, within the head, within, uh, into the body. Uh, into the aspect of the body and then the, then the mentalities of the body are then increased and illuminated and then from the, the mentality of the body from the body you draw to the malchut which represents almost like the feet the final piece um, they have been understand this very well uh, delve deeply over there into the kavanot and you'll understand this so when he shakes the four minim he raises and lowers them you essentially raise them towards the root of that, and then when you lower them, you're taking that illumination from the knowledge of, the, uh, from the mentalities of the brain, bring it into the body, and then that uh, illumination of the body then in turn illuminates the etrog, which is the kingship, the final piece, the female principle. Malchut. This is the secret of the sukkah. This represents the sukkah. Because what do we say? Um, for, for Yisrael, it's called a na'ar, a child. But I still love him. This is what we say in Hoshea. When it says love, it's a reference to the right hand. And what's the right hand? It represents an embracing with the right hand. The right hand represents chesed, kindness, benevolence, love, compassion. It represents this idea of embracing, which is the idea of the sukkah. The sukkah also represents the same concept. Look in lesson 48 of Likut Moran to see this. And it's incredible actually because it's really, really incredible because today's podcast falls out on the same day as I said that at Lesson 48 of Likute Moran. It's absolutely unbelievable. The Hashkech um, That for those who are following the Likute Moran podcast, today is Lesson 48. Ba'u um, Hashem. We see the the incredible, incredible uh, way Hashem works with everything, how everything falls perfectly into place. So we see that what? The sukkah also represents this right, right hand, this embracing, this love. And the only way this love is created is through the na'ar Israel, the child of Israel, which is what? Which represents this child which is crying, as we said above. And um, so yes, this na'ar in turn creates this love, which is the aspect of sukkah, the right hand. And um, may we have the merit that when Sukkot is approaching, when the high holidays are approaching, we're entering Elul right now, that we're, we're preparing for the high holidays, that Bezat Hashem, Hashem gives us the ability to truly feel sincere tshuva, to sincerely repent before Hashem, to return before God, so that we can cry and merit a beautiful etchog on, um, on Sukkot. Bezat Hashem. And we continue next podcast with lesson uh, 88.